When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Scoutcast. My name is Joe. My name is Seb. And my name is Andy. Welcome everyone and welcome those who are early in the chat. We've started on time. A lot of people probably not expecting that. Um, so welcome Rodrev, Gareth, Jack and FPL Finding Glory and Ermac. Uh, John Harris as well and Cy Burditz. Um, hope to see many of your friends here in a bit. There's 48 of you, only eight likes so far. So hopefully we're going to get some more viewers and more likes as we go on. Seb, what is coming up in the show? Well, tonight we will look at our Game Week 4 teams, our points. You two wildcarded and I, spoilers, I think it was a success, I reckon, for both of you. You seem pretty happy, smiles on your faces. We're looking at the colours of the arrows, it appears to be. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, We will then look at some mid-price strikers. Got a couple of issues with DCL, who Rafa says is out for two to three weeks, if we now believe him, after not believing him earlier in the week. Uh, And Antonio as well had a red card, so he's out for one week. So Joe's going to look at some replacements for what we do there. And speaking of strikers, there's Ronaldo and Lukaku. Do you have one? Do you have the other? Or do you go both for a bit of a a Ron Kaku or something like that? So uh, Andy will convince us there, hopefully. I will then have a little look at some over and under performance, as per usual. And a little look at Leeds as well, which may lead on from some of Joe's stuff with Bamford. We will, of course, then look at the next four fixtures, differentials, Alex's team, which we did actually remember to do this week. Mm. So awesome. And then we'll look at our teams for the uh, coming game week five as well. But back over to you, Joe. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, we have um, a new champion this week. It is Andy. You've got the highest Woo. score out of all of us. Uh, taking four weeks, which is, which is not bad. So it could be the first of many. And as Seb said, you have wildcarded. So we're going to put your team up. And if you just want to tell us... Um, I mean, I get, I guess, who some of your your sort of last minute decisions were, and and you know, and your your heroes and villains of the week. Yeah, so um, I, I won't lie, I was looking at that four three three for ages, and I and I was really tempted to go for it. And actually, I think if I'd have gone for the four three three, I might have had a better score than yeah. I actually ended up with because of Tierney. Uh, but I just looked, I ended up going with a four with a three um, with a three five two because I wanted those midfield options. As it happens, Tre- Torres, Traore, Jota and Saka uh, all ended up with clean sheet points. So they all got me three points, yeah. which in the grand scheme of things looked quite nice. Salah was the only one that actually returned for me in midfield. Ronaldo, obviously, you know, captain, worked out quite well. Alexander-Arnold, Rudiger, Shaw all got me um, either a return, attack and return or a clean sheet, which was lovely as well, and Sa too. Um, it looks like I've got Antonio on the bench there, but I didn't have Antonio on the bench. No. I've got Williams on the bench there. Ah. Um, and actually, with Antonio now being out, it looks like I'm going to be probably benching Antonio this week and playing Williams. So I was really, really happy with my team in general. Hmm. I think when you looked at it, I mean, Jota could have had a haul. Saka could have hmm. had a haul. He had six shots, I think, Saka against um, against Norwich. So that looked good. And he's got Burnley next week who look devoid of any kind of defensive aptitude at the moment as well. 
Um, Traore again. I seem to just have a lot of um, ex-lively players in the middle there. Uh, Torres, Traore, Jota, Saka. But I mean, it looks like they're probably all going to bang all in one week next week, potentially. Um, yeah. yeah. The one thing, though, that I tweeted about this as well, uh, when I was looking at 4-3-3, Calvert-Lewin was in there. When I changed to... Um, when I was looking at a 3-4-3, three, three, mm. Calvert-Lewin was in there. And then very last minute, I took Calvert-Lewin out and changed to having 3-5-2. So later on in yeah. the season, when I say to you guys, I've had no luck, actually, yeah. I may have had a little bit of luck. Calvert-Lewin would have gone out and Livermento would have come in for six points, but I'm looking at it as lucky. Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, I think you can say it's a good wild card. I mean, there's certain times when wild cards are good. I think I spoke last week about one time I did it ahead of a Man City game and I went, I went to mm. town on Man City and it, and it worked out well. So you got an immediate hit and there was good fixtures afterwards. And I, I think we've done okay, us wildcarders. But also those that took a hit to get one of Ronaldo and Lukaku in and captain them pretty much matched us as well so those mm. can they, they can feel pretty happy about the week too and of course they've still got the wild card in their pocket um, you and I we went for a um, Chelsea player at least so we've sort of started that march to get Chelsea you went Rudiger and I went uh, Christensen um, yeah. we both got the same score even though Christensen didn't turn up so um, here's my score I got pretty much the same so I've got 72 a little bit below and um, as we can see, Christensen's not there in my lineup because Liveramento is. <laughs> he came no. in for six points. So I got a nice jammy eight points in total off my bench. Um, not, you know, that's not a rough with a smooth total, but it's at this stage of the season, it was actually the difference between a, a, a sort of a grey red arrow to a green arrow. Um, so I was quite pleased with that. Um, Raya, uh, this is what I went for. So last week I, I sort of had a mismatch um, team up for wildcard. So this is what I've ended up with basically. Um, it was a four three um, a three four three. I went for Raya in goal. I still like him. He was a minute away from getting me eight points because he was on for bonus and the clean sheet. But it was spoiled by my team Brighton. So it's one of those moments where real life and fantasy collide, and it's like I just did not mind at all, and I was absolutely quite pleased. Um, so Cody uh, Livramento came in for Christensen. Alexander Arnold he stayed obviously. Um, Salah, Greenwood returns, Jota almost returns ex-lively, um, Traore permanently ex-lively, um, Sissoko came in for Calvert-Lewin, I didn't f deliberately field Sissoko but I'll take his two points, that's what he's there for, 4.5 uh, midfielder. Um, so I was looking forward to um, not only with my Ronaldo captaincy but and a haul from Antonio, never came, and uh, Calvert-Lewin um, which didn't materialise either. So um, yeah, I've got some decisions to make now, um, um, and we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, Joe, yeah, a question for you on yours, uh, Raya, Raya, Raya. Their Brentford's fixtures probably yeah. aren't as good as I'd want them to be. To no. still have their goalkeeper, is there a plan there, or no. did you just keep him because you like him? I, I like him because he makes lots of saves. So a cheap goalkeeper who makes lots of saves against good teams I like a cheap goalkeeper who makes lots of saves against easy opposition I also like so I'm happy to carry someone like Raya who's a nailed on player he gets saves so say he concedes to some of those teams well highly likely but if he can rack up say six saves he could be looking at bonus as well and he could be ending up like maybe in a tough fixture maybe four or five points maybe maybe just two or three but um, I'll take that um, you know, maybe reassess at a later time. And I quite, I'm quite fond of goalkeeper changes, uh, but for the time being, I like him. I was too short to do what I would love to have done, which is Raya and Guita. 
they rotate mm. okay but I do like as we saw with Guita for Crystal Palace I do like play, players like that I do would like to have had Araya and Guita and Sanchez for Brighton yeah got the clean sheet this week but it's just the lack of saves their defence too good I want a rubbish defence <laughs> I want a, I want David James at Portsmouth I still hark back to that from like yeah, well I over 10 that, yeah. years ago I still hark back to good goalkeeper rubbish defence it's exactly what I want Mark Schwarzer um, but um, yeah so Green Arrow up to 83,000 which is higher than I've been for well over a year last season I never got there <laughs> I never got as high as I am now uh, the season before I did but um, so I, don't, I, I can't I can't even think in terms of months but it's been a long time since oh. I've I've been nice, in the dizzy heights of 83,000 mm-hmm. um, Seb now you you I think you probably knew that this week would be one of those take your medicine weeks with oh yeah yeah so um, let's put your team up and uh, so, yeah 60 yeah, points I... not, not bad but yeah take us through yep. it uh, 60 points although 56 with the minus 4 that I took which oh, I'll yeah. come back to in a sec because it was kind of a two-part thing with separate reasoning. But overall, I'm pretty satisfied with 60 points, given I didn't wildcard. You know, what's that? A dozen or so points behind you two? No Ronaldo, still a wildcard in my yeah. pocket. I'm not going to call that a success, but I think I just about got away with it yeah. if I can deploy my wildcard successfully later. Um, I did get a bit lucky as well in some of the subs, but we'll come to that. So I have Sanchez in goal. Luke Shaw at the back with his assist. Uh, Luca Dean with nothing, which was disappointing on uh, on Monday night. Trent with the 12 points that pretty much everyone got. And Liveramento came in for me. Uh, he did sub in for DCL, but that was fortunate. I'm not going to claim skill there because one of my transfers this week was uh, Simicast to Williams early in the week. And then I did a minus four to bring in Jimenez for the injured Callum Wilson because I didn't want to play Liveramento. I wanted to play Calvert-Lewin, Ooh. Jimenez and Antonio. So there's no skill there. No. I got lucky that yeah, Livermento <laughs> kept a clean sheet that I didn't think he would. So well, fair enough. Well, those like, um, well, all of us, um, we've all got Williams. And Williams is arguably the only fixture of the season where we'll, we'd all want yeah. to play him anyway. Yeah, coming up. we will play him. Luckily, we've got no choice to play him um, if we want to make certain moves. Uh, but we'll come to that. Um, shortly um, just want to welcome a few more people to the chat Mark O'Leary regular he is back which is good he is uh, telling us that um, Ole's not been Ole's Solskjaer's not been sacked it's okay that's good <laughs> good to know uh, Baron Nishi Sean Manning Russell Baker um, and G Wiz uh, from the Fantasy Football Scout Mods and Cons team is here as well hello there G Wiz, um, Andy, have you managed to delve into any rough with the smooths this week? We think I have. Oh, Shall I bring we've... them up? I've got them on my phone. I've, I've done some screenshotting today, so okay. I'll, I'll bring it up. Uh, so we've got some rough with the smooths. We've got Andy Social uh, says that his rough was he took an eight-point hit this week, uh, but his smooth was that the transfers out were Son, Vardy and Calvert-Lewin, and he brought in Jota, Ronaldo and Lukaku. Uh, so he dropped a few places, but he got off lightly. I thought that was quite good, actually. For That's pretty good. Looking good going forward now. Yeah. Um, the Gaffer82 says he rage-transferred out Barnes to Torres before the game week was done, and then Ronaldo got his move to Manchester United. So he, he did that move before oh. Ronaldo came in, uh, and he couldn't bring himself to get a minus eight to get him in. Uh, but every single other person in his mini-league did, and he's lost out quite a bit, unfortunately. Um Red Lightning uh, says his rough was his three forwards this week were Antonio, Puki, and Denise. 
who managed two points between all of oh. them. The rare, the rare um, blondie number one hit forward yeah. lineup. <laughs> um, but the rest of his team did score 68, so he didn't do too badly. So he still outscored Seb, even though his... Oh. I was going to say, his forward line got more points than mine did. I think I was on a net zero. (laughs) Uh, um, Later in the show, I'll argue for a mid-price forward line, so that'll go really well. Yeah. (laughs) Mr. O'Connell says his rough was he benched his double Brighton defence of... (gasps) Who is it? Oh, Oh, the suspense. Uh, of who? We lost you're, you there you're, for a you're, second. Lost you. <laughs> oh, sorry. Who was it? Uh, so, Mr. O'Connell's rough was he benched double Brighton defence, which was Sanchez and Dunk, ah. uh, and he played Raya and uh, Smith Rowe. Oh. Um, yeah, which wasn't mm. so good. And then the last one, Vertigo, his rough was he held on to two free transfers all week to bring in Ronaldo and Traore. Um, happy enough to play Veltman at the back, decided in the last hour instead to captain Bruno, bench Veltman, and bring in Dyer and Jimenez. So it cost him 17 points. Ouch. Now, um, I got something in from uh, Matan Oren, who his tweet says, I hate this game. So that's a good start, isn't it? And um, (laughs) he showed me a picture of his team. Got 65 points, wild carded. Um, He uh, got the blondie number one hit, uh, Dennis, up front um, as his first sub. And then, uh, but Cavaloon didn't play. So it was Dennis that came on, not number two sub, Marcel. 13 points and that is the class that's the classic so came on and not to be not to be but um yeah so decisions to be made definitely um real problems as well especially especially in well all of our teams really um let's have a look it's this guy here it's antonio and so he got a red card and so my immediate thought was oh get rid and then i thought about it and thought oh no i'm gonna keep him and put him on my bench. I'm fine. <laughs> and then Cavaloon didn't show up. And it looks like he's out for three weeks. So it was a real problem. Um, so lots lots to discuss. Lots of issues there. Um, I just want to um, have a look at our internet connection at the moment. Which is saying unstable for some reason. But I think it's okay. And hopefully it's going to get a bit better. Um, so you're freezing a fi- you're freezing a little bit for me, Joe, at, at times. Okay, it's gone green for me now, mm. and so are we all green now? Can you hear me? We can hear it's you. Okay, famous, it's that okay. famous southern southern internet, isn't it? Yes. Okay, so <laughs> well, uh, well um, Antonio, let's put some tables up. People want to know. So before we do that, I just want to mention some community questions that we've been having about Antonio. Uh, Brian Stockport, um, keep or sell Antonio? Um, do we trust Bamford's hamstring? So he's thinking of Bamford um, as a, as a replacement there. Um, Comrade, is Jimenez a good uh, DCL or Antonio replacement? Uh, Mish and Dammit, is it worth investing in defence instead? With so many great options at the back, um, and we had loads of other questions about this. Uh, we had uh, Von Lipwing, Dogs of War, Basil nineteen seventy seven, Slurpee among others, all asking about DCL and Antonio replacements. Um, so I've got a table. <laughs> Here we go. Here it is. I put up forwards who are. 8.2 or under and then filtered it by expected goals basically so while we've got that up there um i will turn to you two and finally shut up and hopefully my internet is, is carrying on um let's go with you seb first oh goodness me who what are you i mean you got antonio and calvert lewin 
Yes, indeed. So what are you going to so, do? I'm holding Antonio unless something goes further wrong in the team and I need to fix it. Because uh, he misses Man United, which he could have had a chance of scoring in, but I don't think anyone was thinking that was the hat-trick. And then he's still got decent enough fixtures afterwards. The thing for me is, like, getting rid of Antonio is completely legit. If you have no other options, there's certainly something to be done there, by all means. But no one was really thinking of getting rid of Antonio before this happened. I know they have Europa League, which maybe is on the edge, but I think everyone was very happy to hold for at least a few more weeks while we saw what happened. With this card, people now maybe are sort of finding other reasons to get rid of him, such as the Europa League, such as past fitness issues. So for me, I am happy to keep with the original plan. I can cover him with Williams, but you know he does have Watford uh, this week, so I think I will. Obviously, I've got Cavett learn. If we believe Rafa, I need to replace him. So I will probably do that with Bamford. Mm. And I will talk about Leeds a little bit later, so I won't uh, I won't go over so, that too much now. But as per your table, he's up there. Now, you're a massive fan of Bamford's legs, obviously. Your knowledge <laughs> of them as a Leeds fan will be exemplary. Um, he was on an interview. He was heard <laughs> saying on the interview today, my hamstrings are pinged. Now, if someone says my hamstrings are pinged and I'm thinking of bringing them in for loads of other injured players, I'm getting a bit worried. Do you think yeah. his hamstrings really have pinged? And, and does it matter? I mean, we could probably read this in so many ways, whichever way maybe suits our bias. Like, how many players' hamstrings ping after a match that we don't hear them say it in an interview? Like, no professional footballer is ever 100% fit. Bamford spent 90 minutes chasing Joel Matip and Virgil van Dijk around a pitch. So I think he's probably okay. We know if, if he's even, like, slightly fit, we know Bielsa will play him. The one good thing we do have is Bielsa tends to be pretty transparent in press conferences. So we probably can hold on for that move if we want to. But if I had to gamble now, I'd say he's probably going to be all right. Good. <laughs> if he's not, it's a big problem, I think. Because, um, as I said in the chat as well, um, I think, uh, who was it now? Um, a bit further up now. So many, so many of you now. Your, your, your chat's gone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it was Steve um, Glitch because we've had some internet glitches. So apologies if it wasn't. But he was basically saying we've got a table of one coming up, which is Bamford. He is the obvious choice, isn't he, to replace Calvert-Lewin. But he's thinking of keeping Antonio. He's not worth getting rid of, really, because he's going to be back game week six. I mean, I guess the other thing here is, which you two have kind of already done, is if you don't have Ronaldo or Lukaku, this is another opportunity to make that move, especially if you've got a wild card. Yes, I think it is. Um, I think it could be an opportunity to be creative, the opportunity to not being creative for me is to keep Antonio because he's great. Um, as we can see on this column, you know, minutes per shot on target, one every 44 minutes. Uh, it's expected goals. He's second in this table to Calvert-Lewin. And then, but, but just behind him is Bamford. Um, and Bamford's actually a little bit, quite a bit behind him. But with Antonio, 18 goal attempts and four goals, 15 inside the box. I mean, this is a guy I want to keep. If Calvert-Lewin's out for three matches. You, you just can't hang on to that no matter how good he is. Uh, but Bamford's there. Bamford's number three, so it's nice and e nice and easy. But if if Bamford's injured, then it's not nice and easy. I think I think it'll be okay. But we do have time to wait in the week. But I've also got Jimenez, who obviously didn't return for me in the week. But as we'll see in a bit, the underperformer tables is entirely Jimenez and his Wolves friends. But Andy, what are you are you thinking, Jimenez? Or are you thinking elsewhere? No, I'm not thinking Jimenez at all. If, I, if I'm honest, I'm really not. Especially not as a double up with Traore too. I would not want both of them, I don't think. Um, don't get me wrong. Like I, I can't remember what the stats are now. I know before this week, it was 24 shots they've had in total between them. But I'm not sure how many more they've had now. But 
I, to be honest, all of them for me feel quite risky. Like Bamford, I, I wanted to ask you about it, Seb, to be honest. Like Leeds haven't impressed me at all yet. And I know the fixtures are getting kind. Do you think it's just because you've just started the season badly? Or is it that things are kind of second season syndrome settling in a little bit? So, I mean, I'm going to have a look at, look at this in detail in a moment, but the short answer is I kind of hate that second season syndrome thing because it kind of feels like a, a reason without a reason. Yeah. But that being said, yeah, I don't think we look as impressive. I think the thing we had at the end of last season, which was an extremely fortunate defence, we don't have now, and that's really coming home. But the attack as well, maybe. But I'll see if I can't dig into that more in a moment or two. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm either... I did really look at it and I really looked at whether I did Antonio to Bamford. I've, I've got reasons for both. So I'm looking at it and thinking, do I keep Antonio? And then he's got lovely fixtures after, after Man United, which he does. But then my other way of thinking of it is they're going to be starting in Europe. He's going to be playing a lot of games moving forward. He's not the most uh, <laughs> fit of players in terms of injury uh, history as well. So is this maybe a good time to do it? But at the same time, I mean, if you sell him and he does anything, he's owned by so many players now that you're going to really struggle. So, yeah, I'm kind of torn. I think at the moment I'm probably going to just keep him and yeah. roll my transfer. But, yeah, with if you've got Calvert-Lewin and Antonio, I think that's tough. Yeah. it's. I mean, sometimes in fantasy football, you've sort of got to take opportunities out of adversity. And with that, when Antonio was out, I, I looked at that and I thought, well, you know, look, you know, Williams at Norwich is just caught the only fixture I'd ever want to play him, I, I can roll with that and keep Antonio. Yeah. Then when Calvert-Lewin went, I thought, oh no. But then I thought, well, this could be an opportunity. It could be an opportunity either to be creative or just do something easy. And for me, I don't have any leads. I don't have, I always knew with my wild card, one of the sacrifices I made was no Bamford, no Rafina. And yeah. I didn't plan really to get any in. I was just going to sort of ride them out because I was a bit unsure um, about them. So if in doubt, do now. But now I think, well, this could be my opportunity to actually tap into them. So that's why Bamford fitness is so crucial to me and why I'm not going to worry about a Calvert-Lewin price drop and a Bamford price rise before Friday. I'm, I want And Bielsa's marvellous, isn't he? He tells us. He sometimes tells yeah. you the 11. Um, and yeah, he sometimes he can up. tell you the opponent's 11 when he's uh, got his <laughs> binoculars out as well. Um, hey. um, quick, quick note on uh, Williams as well. I'm pretty sure... Watford have the lowest XG in the league at the moment. They do. They do. They do. So, Williams. So, well, I, I, I looked this up earlier, and obviously it depends on your preferred stats provider, but on pretty much all of them, Watford, Watford were in like the bottom three for XG, huh? but Norwich were in like the bottom three for XGC. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, who's going who's gonna to win that one? Well, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to repeat another table proving that because I've already shown it today on the captaincy video with Tom so we had that on there we have a whipping boys table there who to target defences to target there um, but also it shows uh, we were talking about the attack with Watford um, they, they, they're it's just non-existent <laughs> so um, yeah this is a good time having said that they'll probably beat Norwich 2-0 but nevertheless there is an opportunity there is a chance there Speaking um, of Norwich, would anyone consider Pookie? I believe Norwich's fixtures are picking yeah. up all right. And, you know, if you need that money elsewhere, yeah. we know he can score goals if he's given the chance. I am. <laughs> I oh. am. But you know who else I'm considering? He's on this table. I know who Go it on, is. Say, say the word. Say it. <laughs> Ashley Barnes. No, the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Wood. Yay. Chris Wood, 
10 goal attempts, uh, 8 shots inside the box, uh, shots on target, 5. Every time I say Chris Woods, I, and I'm not even going to look at the live chat now, and it's going to appear, and I know people go, Joe's lost it, Chris Woods. Well, I got him in last time, and he scored me hatfuls of goals, and it propelled me back into the top 100k last season. So uh, Chris Wood, I like. He's been consistent for years, and it doesn't matter who he's against. He can always nick a goal. And uh, wait a minute. No, I'm looking at the live chat. There's nothing in there yet. Um, no, you're doing all right. good. But I will get abuse. You always do. Once you do something like that, anyone who wants to pick Pookie, I think, as you said, Norwich has got great fixtures. He had six goal attempts, uh, all inside the box, three on target. Um, but he's just behind Ings. And he's, he's that kind of, he's that sort of, you know, he's a quality, quality striker. Anyone who says they're going to get him in will get abuse. Just ignore it. Go for these unfashionable picks. Ignore them. I think the only world in which I would get Puki, at least at this moment, is if I was trying to make the Lukaku and Ronaldo thing work with three forwards. Yeah. 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 I mean, my, my reasoning for not is because, well, actually, it doesn't really matter who I get in, as long as they're sort of below Calvert-Lewin price at the moment. But I am also... If I was to be creative, so not for me, but if I had a midfielder I didn't want, say for example Ben Rama, a lot of people in a lot of teams, Ben Rama can be moved down to say Gray or Gallagher, even though Gallagher's got uh, Liverpool. I think both of those two are better, better long-term picks than Ben Rama. Frees up a bit of money as well. That can maybe go on. Maybe you can upgrade Calvert Lewin. Maybe you've already got some money in the bank. Maybe you've got um, another player you want to get rid of. Um, but we'll talk about that a bit later in the show of some options there. But it's not just go cheap. You could be a bit more creative. And indeed, if you've got some money in the bank and you can take a hit or you can do it in two moves, getting Lukaku in for Calvert-Lewin is possible if you can afford it. It's a tough It's a tough ask, but you can be creative and it could be a good opportunity to get Lukaku perhaps and Ronaldo if you wanted to up front. Um, hey, I've got another table here. This might sway some people. Goals imminent. So we've had four four fixtures finally. So it, goals imminent has some sway now. It's the last four weeks. Um, no more than one goal. Um, but no less than 10 goal attempts. Um, and I've also sorted a bit of XG in there for the XG nuts. Um, but Traore, uh, Trincao and Jimenez are all in there. Um, Bamford is in there. Pepe is in there for Arsenal. Chris Wood is in there. Last time Chris Wood was in there, I got him in and he scored loads for me. So he's tempting me again. Rafina is there. Gundogan, Suchek and Armstrong at Southampton. So I'm not saying they're going to score this week, but they're due a goal according to this at some point soon. Um, so um, yeah, any of these tickle your fancy? Well, I was actually going to mention on the last table, somebody that is firmly on my watch list and I'm just waiting for a nice little run. I love Armstrong. I, I love the fact that yeah. he plays up top for, for Southampton and he loves a shot. He takes yeah. shots from everywhere. And I, I think he's going to be due. He's, as soon as he has that good run, I'm going to be looking to get him in. And like you said about Calvert-Lewin, if you wanted to free up funds, I mean, he frees up 2.2 million, you know, going from Calvert-Lewin to Armstrong. Mm. Um, I loved him when he was at Blackburn. I know a lot of gaffer players out there absolutely loved him. And I, yeah, I, I'm genuinely, he's, he's on my watch list and I'm just waiting because he's got the volume at the moment. It's just, um, he just needs a little bit of luck and a bit of uh, fixtures to go his way, I think. But um, yeah, I th- Armstrong's definitely up there for me. I mean, yeah, if you were looking to do something a bit different, I'm not sure I would do this, but it is quite different. You could arguably do DCL and Antonio to like Armstrong and Vardy. That might just about work mm. out price-wise. 
And I think Leicester have a decent three. So if you're looking for something a little bit different before a wildcard... Can, can't you do... Because I was looking at this while I was looking at wildcarding. Can't you do DCL and Antonio to Scarlet and Lukaku? Yes. If, if, Probably. if you have I a little bit in can. the bank. I've got point... Okay, so I might be a typical... change now, actually. Lukaku's gone up, I, I might be a typical punter for this move, but I can't because I'm priced out of it. So I've got point one, I think, in the bank. Point two. Point one, I think it is. I can't do that move by point one, basically, um, because Lukaku went up. Um, and I'm not sure I would at the moment. I don't. I don't. I don't think this is a week to have a non-playing deliberately go for a non-playing player. I mean, if you've got you know a Scarlet or whoever else is a non-playing striker, so be it. But I wouldn't actively go for that because at the moment I'm probably going into this with a bench of Sissoko and Livramento, and, and Livramento. I guess City. that's the main argument against yeah. it. Yeah, you're so, probably uh, trading. Yeah, two playing players. For one playing player, and you need a bench, don't you? Yeah, definitely. And we also, <laughs> sorry, Joe, I we think, uh, we lost you there. Do you lose me? I think I spoke over you as well. No, that's fine. Um, Sissoko, I mean, yeah, it's two. We did indeed. Two, two Sissoko is two to three points, but at least it's two to three points. Scarlet is zero points, <laughs> so uh, you know that's. Yeah. I, I, I probably wouldn't take a hit to to get a non-player in. But um, that's just me. But but you're right, though, to flag it up. It is a creative solution and it gets you Lukaku, who could score enough to justify it in this week alone. So, Andy, let's move on to some pricier. I've tagged this. It's three issues, really, isn't it? Ron or Rom or both. (laughs) So, yeah, Yeah. take it away, Andy. Yeah, so... (sighs) Don't get me wrong. I was I was really really tempted. I know I, I had a few drafts when I was wildcard in trying to look at whether I went for both Ronaldo and and Lukaku, because when you look at it on paper, I mean, they're both going to come into this league. I feel like they're going to dominate this league this year. To be perfectly honest, we saw that with Ronaldo against Newcastle. We saw it with Lukaku against Villa. Lukaku's looked very good in the fixtures he's played. Ronaldo seemed to have come in and, and slotted in brilliantly at the moment. The problem I've got, and I even tweeted about this as soon as um, as soon as this weekend finished, is that I feel, and I think I mentioned this last week as well, the way the fixtures are, it they literally intertwine so perfectly. You know, Ronaldo's got a nice two fixtures next, then Lukaku's got lovely fixtures while Ronaldo's drops off, and then Lukaku's drops off when Ronaldo's turned beautiful as well. But the argument is, do you want? be using all those transfers on those players because actually you know their prices are going to be going up and down and do you want to be getting rid of value if they're going up but also could you have both and the, I'm I'm edging towards not having both personally and I know Seb you're you're probably thinking about the same as me aren't you because I know we were t- chatting about it a bit beforehand yeah I'm and, pretty firmly in the in the not both camp yeah the, the thing for me is it's so much money on a player if you're not going to captain them as well and and if you've got both you can't captain both if you've got one and then you spread the funds elsewhere on the money that people are I just feel like it's a better way of going for me the if you've got both that's how much is it going to be 23 million 24 million probably by the <laughs> by two weeks time it's an awful lot of money when I feel like the people that wildcarded this week or brought them in this week and have both and enjoyed a lovely week, I feel like later on down the line, they're going to be struggling for depth just a little bit. Um, so I think personally, having one and riding the fixtures is probably the way to go. But I'm looking at it and thinking in game week seven, am I really going to be wanting to get rid of Ronaldo and bring in Lukaku? You've, you, I feel like you've got to go for it 
but it's going to be really hard. We've got Everton at home, and I just look at, you know, Burnley scored against them this week, and I'm just looking at it thinking, God, like if, if Ronaldo's going on a lovely run, am I really going to hold my nerve and transfer him out for Lukaku? So it's, yeah, I, I can see merits in both, but for me personally, I think think I will be going for only only one well, of them. I mean, you've just wildcarded, Andy, so, so have I, yeah. and you probably went through the same rationale I did. You think, oh, I'm good. I'm going to get the Salah, Alexander-Arnold, um, Lukaku and Ronaldo, and neither of us went for that option. And there was a reason for that. It didn't quite work. Yeah. But it, it, it can, if you are willing to be unbalanced and inflexible, but by having, but you have to go, I think, 4-3-3 or 4-4-2. I can't yeah. see any way three four three can handle that, and I quite like that formation. I just feel a bit more comfortable. Also, as well, with, with Trent at the back, Salah in the middle, Ronaldo up front, you've got a premium in each position there, and it gives you a lot of flexibility. Whereas those two premiums up top, you're going to be keeping them all the time, and yeah. it just loses that little bit. Yeah. Um, someone in the chat, by the way, wanted me to say crunchy armadillos. Yes, I, I know. There's John were. there. I was going to. Do you know what? If you hadn't said that, I would have said. I would have said yeah. breaking breaking <laughs> news. John has asked Andy to. <laughs> Say crunchy armadillos. Why crunchy armadillos? Is that a Somerset no thing? Idea. No idea. Andy's, Andy's Don't just got a lovely voice, isn't he? What? Just, hey, Andy's Andy got a lovely voice. Which reminds me, Andy. What? You know, Woodlouse. Yeah. How, what do you call them? Billy Bakers. There we go. There it is. There what? it is, everyone. Listen what? to that. Billy Bakers. That's Yeovil. Why? Because <laughs> they're Billy Bakers, mate. Oh yeah, no, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, cool. No, say no more. Say no more. Yeah. I, I did, during lockdown, I did a, we had a, um, I did one of those sort of pub quiz things on Zoom with some friends, and we had a whole round on different terms within Somerset for Woodlouse. Yeah. <laughs> and it's different in Bristol, Shepton Mallet. It sounded like that David Brent one. Winner, you know, Shepton Mallet got but, married in Shepton Mallet. Really well, you know, yeah. married, and then you're not there now. <laughs> no. There's a, no no I'm not putting that place down but that that's in in Somerset there's an enormous enormous array of words for Woodlouse but that's yeah. digressing from the issue at hand about Lukaku and Ronaldo yeah um yeah I I I I don't rule out having both and Salah and Alexander-Arnold and an unbalanced side I'm just not quite there yet because I think I would prefer just one of them <laughs> and Salah and Alexander-Arnold. But I don't rule it out. And so my setup at the moment can do it. So for example, I can do that by, in game week seven, removing Greenwood, whoever Calvert-Lewin is at that stage, that slot. Greenwood, Calvert-Lewin and um, Jota. And that would get me Lukaku. Gallagher is a player I probably want. And a, a, a six million or so midfielder. So I'm going to be quite six million midfielder-ish. And then I'm going to roll with that for a bit if I wanted to go that route. And I think other people can do that as well. And then maybe look to turn that six million midfielder perhaps into a cheaper one. And then move that money into defence. And then go for that four four two or four three three that I was talking about. And I think, I think that is probably the most sensible formation. That's what I thought anyway. I think... I think you can make it work, but you just need to try very hard. You need to nail those cheap picks, yeah. which is not easy to do. And I see teams people are making now with the three of them, and they look good. They look decent, but it always relies on someone like a Gray, who has returned so far, but the numbers don't necessarily suggest he'll keep doing that. As soon as he drops off form or you know, even loses his place in the team when everyone's fit, you really present yourself with a problem. 
And the thing for me, as Andy said, because you can swap them so efficiently, mm. it's right there. And yeah. you have to remain strong because when you make that move from Ronaldo to Lukaku, it might not come off in the first week. You almost need to go away for four weeks, come back, and you'll be 20 points up. But in any given week, you might be down. And that's going to be tough because that's how we play FPL. You know, we experience every weekend yeah. painfully, slowly sometimes. Might. But the thing that... Oh, sorry, yeah, please. No, Jeff. I was just going to say, the only problem with that is you can't then use your transfers to fight fires and or just take advantage of other situations. I, I mean, yes, but we're going to swap cheaper players based on fixtures. And this is what, two transfers now that you've wildcarded? Mm. Is that really that much of a problem? But if you keep, if you keep doing it and... Um, the conclusion well, you say you say keep doing it. Andy would do it in game week seven or eight, yeah. and then in game week fourteen, and then he's okay. good until about game week twenty-five. But then, so it's not keep doing it, is it? Well, okay. Let's see how a Manchester Sorry, that, United. That sounded really sassy. Sorry, Jeff. I did. did no, but let's see. Andy's, Andy's let's face. see. Let's see how a Manchester United fan stomachs Ronaldo's goals every week from game week seven to fourteen. Not owning him, looking at him, going, I'm I, fine. I'm I'm still, with but, this. but what have I said though? What have I said from the very beginning? <laughs> Who do I trust more? And I've said it, and yeah. I've I put my neck out and said it. I trust Lukaku a lot more than Ronaldo, <gasps> just because of the team and because of because of yeah. the managers as well. Genuinely, I do like. And if I if I look at it, if I said now, who do I think is going to score more goals by the end of the season? I do think it'll be Lukaku. Look at Lukaku against Villa; he had two shots and scored two goals. It, honestly, gonna... I think it's going to be so efficient this year. I mean, earlier you were thinking of getting Antonio out for Bamford because people were talking about Bamford. How are you going to be when Ronaldo gets his brace every week? No, no, no. I said I was going to play Williams. <laughs> but would you, would you, I mean, seriously though, you know, as a, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I could handle that. Ronaldo is just... <laughs> Ronaldo. No, to be fair, there is that thing that says, I, like watching Man United games when you don't own the Kiasa. I, did, I owned Bruno for only eight weeks last year. So and it's is a nightmare when you're watching United yeah. and watching him score and you don't own him. But yeah, yeah. I've, I've done the same. Every time I haven't had him in, uh, um, but you know, yeah, I've, obviously if I didn't have Fernandez or Ronaldo, then I'd be a bit, I'd be a bit worried to be honest. I'd probably, I'd probably want Fernandez in, but it's silly because they're similar price, aren't they? It's like going I mean, without yeah, Alexander Arnold. Some people maybe on their wildcard thought I'm going to get rid of Alexander Arnold. And this is what he does. 12 it's points. There you go. Worth worth mentioning, by the way, just because you're saying you're going to want one premium striker rather mm. than two at the moment, doesn't mean that when you think by game week seven, I might have Lukaku until that good run for Ronaldo. Yeah. By the time that runs over from Ronaldo, our team value might have gone up quite a bit. You know, it, it might be more viable after Christmas for us to have those two premium strikers mm. because actually our team value will be more. Some of us will probably be on like 102, 103 million. And all of a sudden mm. that extra one, 1. 1.5 million makes it a more viable option. So maybe it's just something that, you know, we can do now and then later invest in two. But yeah. that's, that's, that's a fair shout because yeah. I guess if you're trading a Gallagher who has been brilliant, mm. but just with Palace for a Rafina, maybe that is, yeah. that is maybe more worth it. Which brings me to just the thing at the moment that is really convincing me is if you just look at points per million, so the value of the players, obviously you can't build a whole team of value players. Everyone knows that because you spend 85 million and you don't get any points because, you know, obviously absolute scores are higher and diminishing returns are a thing. But if we go through, say, our players who are getting um, a lot of points, but also cost a lot of money, we look at Ronaldo, who based on those projections uh, we did last week would get 17 points per million at the moment. Lukaku would get 20 points per million. Salah, based on the last few seasons, would get anywhere between 18 and 24 points 
per million and Fernandez would get 20. So that sounds good enough. And if you captain them, you know, you double it, that's brilliant. But Calvert-Lewin is getting 20 points per million. Bamford last year got 24 per million based on this year's price. Trent Alexander-Arnold in the last three seasons has got 21, 28 and 24. And Rafina got 20 based on this year's price. So again, I'm not saying build a team of those players, but it's about balancing those two things so you can maximize the people who will score the most points in absolute terms and especially give them the captaincy. And then the rest of your team, you want to provide good value. And I think having three premiums, at least at this stage, is where you tip over that edge. Yeah. Because you go from captaining one of them 50% of the time to 33% of the time. And that for me is the killer. I think I can get a better overall score from only having two of them. Yeah, I think, I mean, you can see if you obviously, you know, 12.5, if you've got, you know, a player that's 5 million cheaper, you can spread that around and you can really upgrade pretty much, you know, half half your team really. I mean, looking at the fixtures, Manchester United have West Ham next away. So if Ronaldo maybe struggles in that, by struggle, I mean, doesn't score, or maybe just scores one, um, then I'm starting to think, oh, well, maybe this fixture thing works uh, with this. And then they've got Villa. So I'd expect to, I'm expecting Ronaldo to do well there. And then in just time for Everton and Leicester. Um, and that's when in game week seven, Lukaku's fixtures turn good as well. In which case, we've also got a chance to see Lukaku against some tough teams because Chelsea um, take on, um, well, not really Tottenham. I didn't want to say they're a tough team at the moment, but certainly City in game week six would be. Um, so we have a bit more time, but that's why I don't rule anything out. By game week seven or eight, I, I, I might go unbalanced because that magic key player, coincidentally from Palace, may still be there, which is Gallagher. And yeah. and I have gone for these players before the Ryan Frazier's the, the the sort of hand handy you know sub six million which you probably still will be by then six million midfielder and they can do a job and you can field them as a, as a third or fourth midfielder quite happily uh, most weeks but yeah um, it's still up in the air though also worth mentioning if I did invest in Lukaku now with Ronaldo for me that would be mad in considering that Salah is going to be my captain for the next two yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So to own both of yeah. them and not captain either, and that's taken up 23.5 million of your budget, and you're not going to be captaining either. Like I said, Salah's the best captaincy option the next two weeks. So I feel like it's just too early, personally, yeah. to, to, to go I, with I, both. I wouldn't want to do that either. Not at the moment. As you said, it's you know because it discounts Salah's role as the captain, so I don't mm-hmm. need both. But come game week seven, then I might have a better, clearer picture. And then I don't, entirely rule it out and you know sometimes you can get you know an opportunity might arise through injuries elsewhere or suspensions but at the moment there's no way I'm getting rid of Alexander-Arnold and I can't see myself getting rid of Salah I mean I got rid of him for one week for Son who matched him in Salah's toughest fixture against Chelsea I I would love to just stress on on the Trent thing Please don't get rid of Trent Alexander. That's so good. He scored 12 points this so week good. when the other two scored 13. That's not going to happen every week, but for two thirds of the price, yeah. he isn't going to end up far off their points. He's arguably one of the best assets we've seen in this game ever. Ever. Yeah, he's, he's Leighton Baines quality. That's yeah. how good yeah, he is. Yeah. The silly thing is, wasn't like Leighton Baines and John Terry, didn't they used to be priced oh, not 7.5 million? Eight. Kind of pretty expensive as well, they and they were pulling in like 150 and 100. Oh, eight! Oh, there you go. Yeah. And they weren't pulling here. anywhere near the points he is. And 50. there was a few years ago where they made those premium defenders a bit cheaper. I think like they did it with goalkeepers, didn't they? Yeah. And that was when Alexander Arnold came on. Vidic was eight, I think. 
Terry was Terry was just went that year when they only yeah. conceded like twelve goals, whatever it was. Yeah. It was just unbelievable. Like yeah. yeah, but there you go. Okay, so yeah, still lots up in the air, and I think there's still lots of undecided. But um, yeah, I, it's, it's slightly sitting on the fence for me, certainly, but probably less so for, for, for both of you. But I think Ron and Rom together, or either or, are all viable. They're all viable strong options. But but yeah, I mean, if you are downgrading, try and keep those those top Liverpool assets. Salo's such a handy captain or vice captain. Say there's an injury or somewhere. Want Salah to turn up and Alexander Arnold? I can't, I can't see a universe where I wouldn't want him in. Doesn't exist. Um, Seb Leeds. Hello. <laughs> so let's move on here. So I've got, I'm going to put a first picture up here, and sure. um, I, as I said before we came on air, it simply says Leeds one. So it's Leeds one. <laughs> so Leeds one Man lo- United lots five. of people Just are interested. In the chat. <laughs> so lots of people are interested in Leeds top fixtures and handily there are gaps opening up in people's teams. So this first uh, slide here is the Leeds team with lots of arrows and Bamford up top. So what's this about? Sure. So we had um, we had a lot of questions on Bamford, Antonio, or the striker replacements. But we had a couple of questions as well, specifically on Leeds. Uh, one from Varon, one from Casper, which did focus on Bamford as well. But Capital FPL specifically asked, will Leeds come good with their excellent run of fixtures. And this obviously leads on from what you asked earlier, Andy. So cheers for bearing with me. No worries. So I wanted to break this down. <laughs> I wanted to break this down into like a couple of little sections. So please do jump in as ever. But firstly, the image you have up now, I believe, Joe, the sort of 4-1-4-1, although a bit janky yeah. around, is probably Bielsa's favoured lineup at the moment. So it wouldn't be mine. I wouldn't have Rodrigo, but I'm not managing Leeds. So there we go. Uh, for people on the podcast, that is Melier and Goal, Ailing at right back, Lorente and Strauch centre back with Firpo at left back, Phillips in the holding role, Dallas and Rodrigo at centre mid, or one of them a bit more advanced, Rafina and Harrison wide, and Bamford up front. And I think everyone recognises that team. They know how we play. The issue, obviously, most of us as Leeds fans are having at the moment is that midfield. So Rodrigo is just disappearing off and being a second striker half the time, which is fine, but he does not come back and press effectively. And his build-up isn't all that great in the midfield, especially compared to, say, when we have a click or someone. And the other issue we're kind of suffering at the moment is Dallas. So from an FPL perspective, Dallas was brilliant last year. But the job he did from an actual football perspective was that kind of quasi-zonal marking thing where he would pick up a centre-back that was coming through our midfield and try and shut down those options. He's not really doing that anymore. So we saw the weekend, Joel Matty in Sky got loads of points for his completed passes. He was able to just pick up the ball, run halfway through our midfield and pick out options. We saw Liverpool trying to expose our, our left flank, so their right with Alexander-Arnold and Salah. And I think Firpo did okay there. Mm-hmm. But once we get outmatched, we've seen it a lot of times in the past, that our individuals can't necessarily hold up to that and we give away a lot of chances. Dallas was stopping that, and now he's not. And as an actual just midfielder in possession, he, he just isn't. He doesn't provide the same progressive, intelligent possession that someone like, you know, from our squad and Adam Forshaw would, or players we've tried to sign in the past, like a DePaul. So we really are lacking a midfield at the moment, with Rigo trying to be a striker and oh. not really pressing. Dallas not great in possession. Uh, Mateus Click on the bench. And Phillips is kind of having to do it all on his own. So obviously that affects both the defence and those, the attack. Um... Looking, I mean, I can see lots of arrows on this pointing upwards towards Bamford, sure, yeah. hopefully, and and just one arrow pointing backwards, and that's Phillips. So Phillips has a, has a massive job to do in this team. Yeah, he effectively, we're still employing the man-marking system, especially now that Dallas isn't really only marking. 
Uh, and we know, you know, good players can outdo us there because Mane is better than Luke Ailey, yeah. for example. But yeah, it really does expose us. And we, we've seen that in a couple of matches yeah. now. Leeds do tend to lose to the better teams and beat the poorer teams. So it's not all over. But without going too deep into the stats, which are roughly similar to last year, uh, we were fifth worst for XGC last year, according to Fancy Football Scout, and sixth best for XG. This year so far, we're third worst for XGC. Yeah. And actually seventh worst for so, XG. So but it's four is, matches we've played good teams. Is this formation likely to be rolled out in the next few matches? And if so, does that spell problems for those looking to invest in Leeds? So I think you've got another image here, Joe. Oh, so there you go. It says Leeds um, 2. So yeah. everyone can see the difference in here. So this one, yeah, describe what we're seeing here. Very different formation. So I think a lot of people know that when we play against two strikers, we play a 3-3-1-3. This is not there, is that, because we kind of change it when we play someone who plays three at the back. Okay. Uh, I'm not certain this will happen because we actually did play a four against them last year, I think. But Newcastle play like a 3-4-5-3-2 uh, or 3-5-2. So we tend to shift our 3-3-1-3 into this kind of 3-5-2. Okay. We also have a million centre-backs out at the moment. Lorente is injured. Cock is injured. We don't know if they're going to be back. Strauch is banned. We are appealing that, though, but mm -hmm. he's banned at the moment. So Luke Ayling will probably play centre-back. Liam Cooper may well play centre-back. And then we're kind of out. So there's every chance we're either going to see Phillips there, which I really hope doesn't happen, because as we just discussed, we yeah. will literally not have a midfield. Charlie Cresswell, who's brilliant in the under-21s, under-23s, but he hasn't been trusted yet. Or there might be a world where we play Junior Furpo, left centre-back, Cooper in the middle, say, Luke Ayling on the right centre-back, and then, say, Harrison going all the way up and down the left flank, Dallas on the right, which for people who are watching, has got that little inverted yeah. arrow because he tends to invert when he plays wing-back. Okay. And that would then leave, say, someone like Rodrigo to play in that similar sort of role he does now, but maybe a Rafina as second striker. Rodrigo could also Ooh. move up there and we could have, say, Click and Dallas in the middle. But there's a lot there's a lot of permutations if, there. With this formation here, that support striker role, would that be... If, if that wasn't Rafina, where would Rafina play? So he either... Assuming this formation is correct, which, like I say, because yeah. of our personnel, I'm like 50-50 on yeah. this. But he could play that advanced eight role with the arrow pointing forward for you there, okay. which is kind of the Rodrigo role in the other one. Right. In this one, he obviously is going to drag wide. You can see the space he would fill because Dallas would leave it. Yeah. And then maybe Rodrigo or even Tyler Roberts plays the sort of support striker or he's going to play that support striker role. Okay. So I know even last week we were saying Rafina will never play central. Yeah. In this formation, specifically against Newcastle, there's a chance he will. But we've seen Leeds really struggle to progress the ball in the past in this shape. So it doesn't necessarily so mean we'll be better attacking. Against West Ham, game week six, um, and then Watford and Southampton. Southampton, they've got sort of two strikers uh, they've certainly got you know two very attacking central central players there West Ham just going to be likely to be Antonio um, so would, they, against, would they roll this out against West Ham do you think against say West Ham's 4-2-3-1 we will go with the 4-1-4-1 so the original image so, against okay. uh, you mentioned Southampton the 4-4-2 yeah. that's where we would go the 3-3-1-3 so in terms of personnel, that could be the same as the 3 5 but it shifted around a okay, bit. We've so seen people, that in the past. People so people just need to be aware of this. So um, essentially, I think the key questions are people, lots of people have got Rafina. They're looking at Rafina. A few people have Bamford. Lots of people looking at Bamford. Um, they're, they're the sort of key ones. And we're looking at defenders as well with Leeds. Um, what do you think the prospects next four are for a player like Rafina, Bamford, and indeed some of the key Leeds assets? So I, I have Rafina, assets, rather, yeah. and I'm tempted to bring in Bamford, as we've discussed. 
but that is a lot based on fixtures and maybe some trust that we are better against poorer teams mm. of the four teams we've played so far three of them are in the top four maybe that's because they've beaten us not because they're good but let's say it's because they're good I don't think we look as good as last year. I think there are issues. The defense is basically the same. Like we got lucky at the end of last year. Yeah. We're not getting lucky now. The XGC pretty much shows that's continued. What has changed is the attack. And what we've seen, because the numbers, it's only a small sample, so who knows? But what we're seeing on the pitch is that we've kind of moved to a bit more of a transitional style. So we try and work much more on the transition. We look a lot for Rafina. Like I said, we don't have a midfield. So we're trying to hit Bamford. You saw that against Liverpool. We're you know, trying to get it up to Bamford beyond him or to him. And we try and rely on Rafina to really create things both for himself and for the rest of the team. So I'm hopeful that against poorer teams, we can overpower them in that way. But we do have an issue with that midfield. And I think the final thing to mention is rather than it being, say, a second season mm. syndrome or Leeds getting tired or whatever, last year we probably were just a surprise. Even with all the analysis modern clubs mm. do, you see it even now in matches. In the first 15 minutes, we're good. Against Liverpool, we were decent. Rugo could have scored. It was about 0.3 XG, that chance. But then we drop off. And I think what teams have managed to do is that they can survive the first 10, 15 minutes while we come out with that intensity. They know how to beat us. They know we're going to leave a centre-back mm -hmm. free. And with Dallas now no longer doing that role, you can earn the ball there. You play Thiago, is better than our entire midfield, and you can play through us. So Leeds certainly a team to target for the wrong reasons, perhaps. Um, target strikers playing against them so another factor for those thinking yeah. of removing Antonio bear in mind Antonio plays the, this team um, in game week six but um, I think so in if, if in an ideal world with your team would you go for I mean I, th I think you said you, you were tempted by Bamford and Rafina. yep but would, would a non-Leeds fan, <laughs> is that a wise move to double up I, on this attack? I would not have had Bamford if it weren't for the striker injuries. And obviously uh, I'm set up for the mid-price forwards. Uh, that's not forever. Um, I'm going to get Lukaku in seven or eight okay. or so. Um, but at the moment I'm set up for the mid-price forwards and I, I like their value. So, but Bamford was kind of the best option sure. left to me. For someone who maybe only has Rafina, maybe you could look elsewhere because I think yeah. with the fixtures, there's an opportunity there. But you want to see us be a bit better. And and are you um have you got Rafina? I can't remember now from your team. No, so no. <coughs> I got Saka in on wildcard. Mm. I got Saka in on wildcard and left 0.3 million in the bank because my move that I was potentially going to make was bringing in Rafinha. But <clears throat> with the way Arsenal played and the way they've got Burnley up next, I'm quite happy to hold Saka. Okay. Um, if I don't move Antonio to Bamford, I'll be going no leads this week, which actually isn't as frightening a prospect no. as I think it could be. I'm not frightened at all now. Seb's yeah. just <laughs> put me off. I think, I mean, if, if, if there's a takeaway from this, I would say it's kind of, it's kind of 50, 50. We know Bamford yeah. has a 1% chance of being injured. Yeah. We have issues at the back. Our lineup is not going to be great for trying to predict our players and probably not the best way we play either. And we've maybe been a little bit off it, but on the flip side, Rafina and Bamford have good numbers. Mm. We know they're the key players for us yeah. and we have great fixtures. Yeah. So I'd call it maybe a 50-50 at the moment. I'm looking at the fixtures there with Leeds and I think the Newcastle game, because it's Newcastle, Newcastle are really bad. They're the worst at the moment. They are the yeah. whipping boys. Um, so even a, even um, a half-cocked uh, Leeds, I don't know if Cox going to play, but uh, even, even a half-cocked <laughs> Leeds would do uh, the job against Newcastle. But against West Ham, um, I'm not so sure about. Watford maybe and Southampton now Southampton are a funny one as we saw last week when they played against West Ham 
they suddenly did that thing they did last season when they played City. They suddenly turned into the Italian national defence of, yeah. of the mid-90s. And it was, um, that's the way Jack Stevens, for some reason, becomes amazing when he inserts matches. Now, if they start, if they do, they could do a number on Leeds there. Um, so Southampton Leeds match has always been fascinating mm. um, because Hassan Hüttel, you know, has not dissimilar philosophies to Bielsa in terms of pressing, in terms of progressing the ball. I think last year, if I recall, Southampton absolutely took us apart in the first half and then we took them apart in the second half and I think we won that match. And then the second match, we were probably the better side. But both times, it's been pretty exciting and I think there's an opportunity for goals. I just don't know which way. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. Um, for me, definitely still, I mean, I'm, I haven't really been put off Bamford. He's just the obvious choice to, to replace with Calvert-Lewin. But I think if I had Rafina, I would think again. Um, I'm not sure I want to double up. I'm not convinced. For the same reason I've got Traore, and I haven't got Traore and Jimenez, and I'm not considering Jimenez. I don't really want to double up on the Wolves' defence. But I guess Jimenez is an option for those, um, um, uh, you know, those who are thinking of uh, replacing Calvert-Lewin and perhaps um, looking elsewhere from Bamford. Um, which, which leads on to a couple of other tables we've got. We've got over and under performers. So... Which which one did you sort of put in brackets? The Wolves table. It's the underperformers one, was it? Oh, that'll be that'll be the underperformers. Uh, I have a Wolf striker. I can tell you all okay, about well, that. Okay, well, let's put that one up then. So this is <laughs> this is this has similarities to the goals imminent table. They they're, they're going to diverge as the season goes on, but um, this has got Troy in it, Jimenez, uh, Trincao, and Semedo. They're all in here. So that's four four Wolves players in terms of underperformers at the moment. So tell us, tell us a bit about some of the numbers that we're seeing here. Sure. So we've looked at this a few times now, and as the weeks progress, it'll probably become a little more useful to us. Um, I've changed the underlying stuff now so that it's two starts and a minimum of 0.5 mm-hmm. XG, I think, for anyone who looks it up on Scout, is in the members area. Um, but as you said, it's kind of the Wolves table, which we know from watching the football ourselves, right? They're getting chances, they're not converting them. Sadio Mane makes an appearance because he had something like two XG, and just about got a goal at the end. You mentioned the goal is imminent. I think the really interesting thing to see here as the season progresses is the relationship between these two tables, because this one will reflect the whole season. Mm. So in the overperformance, for example, Pogba might be there forever because of how well he did at the start. Yeah. Yours will show sort of a much more immediate... Just four weeks. Time. It's four weeks. Exactly. Yeah. So it could be quite interesting to see who remains on these tables, but jumps on and off yours. And I wonder how they'll uh, how they'll talk to each other and what we can gain from that. Yeah, yeah, it will be interesting. So we'll, we'll follow that. And yeah, the goals imminent table. Obviously, sometimes you can get it where all, all ten score, and sometimes no no one scores for a month. But um, that and I think this table as well are good indications of who essentially what we're looking for. Who is due a goal? It's that old thing, you know. Who is due a goal? You know, it sounds with, it's like saying with the caveat and, that due doesn't exist. Yes, but exactly. You can I mean, try and predict I, I, future I was, performance. I was going <laughs> to say that's like saying, uh, you know, my gut feeling of this decision it doesn't really exist, you know, but uh, it sort of exists somewhere in our mind, and this exists somewhere in the stats being due. I get. I guess to go back to Andy's point, the fact that we see a lot of wolves here and mm. no leads, maybe suggests yeah. that leads aren't. You know, maybe aren't going to improve how I hope they will. No, no, Andy. So, what's your wolf situation at the moment? And does this? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I think I'm. I'm. 
Uh, I think I'm ruining a later part of the show, but hang it anyway. <laughs> no, no, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so I'm I'm on Traore and Sa at the moment, so yeah. I'm I'm very happy with those two. Yeah, Traore's going to bang at some point. He's he's got That's to true. like That's he, literally he's he's racking it up, isn't he? And His arms are, are so well. oily; like, they're just going to be liquid oh, soon. <laughs> He did have zero shots in the last match, which I know people were saying, what would happen when they face different teams? That wouldn't overly concern me, but maybe something to keep an eye on. XG was still good as a team, though, wasn't it? Yeah, so Semedo missed two like great chances. One created by Jimenez. I forget who the other one created, but Traore did create two chances as well. Um, So maybe he just shifts into more of a creator role against different teams. For me, I'm so impressed with the change in Wolves in terms of how many chances they are creating every game. Like, I've, I've... rarely seen a team change so quickly just with a change of manager like you know first four games we've seen it quite consistently there so Traore's got to bang at some point I, I literally I, I it's got to happen at some point um Trinkau I was looking at Trinkau a little bit because he was a little bit cheaper than Traore but he went off on 59 minutes yeah. 60 minutes like that which just I hate 60, so I yeah so I'm, I'm not a massive fan of that really um Jimenez I'm still unsure of personally I I, I, I toyed with him in the wild card because he was cheaper, but I just uh, I, I'm going to need a lot from him for me to trust him again with it with his with his head injury and everything. I just don't know whether he's completely what he was before. But Semedo's the one for me. You know, there, there's somebody there at the back. I know Marcel was the one that got the two assists this week, but Semedo is getting in some unbelievable positions. He's reminding me so much of of Doherty or Doherty or whatever his yeah. name is uh, when when you know back in the day and. He seems to be playing in that exact same position, um, and he's getting forward. He's getting one-on-one chances. You know, he's yeah. in the box so much. Um, for four point nine million, I did look at trying to get him in, but I went for Sat in the end because I didn't, I didn't fancy Wolves enough considering they hadn't kept a clean sheet yet to go with double defence. But I mean, he's offering so much attacking potential that I feel like he's he's got to be a go-to for a lot of people with their fixtures. They've got such a good fixture run as well. It's a really long fixture run, and that's why I've I've currently got double wolves at the moment. I'm quite happy because yeah. there's sort of two positions I don't really have to worry about, and Traore can be moved down to um, uh, uh, a 5.5 ish uh, midfield if Gallagher? they emerge or Gallagher, basically yeah. Gallagher. <laughs> yeah. That's who it's going to be. You know, I can't can't resist a Palace midfielder, but Troy, but I might want to keep him because it it is at the moment. He, he, he does look very, very due a goal. Um, he's yeah. still on top of these, you know, there's underachievers here and, and then we put goals imminent I mean, back up this, again. And uh, same yeah, thing, same picture. Goal, goals imminent and underachievers are probably the way I'd like to try and play FBL. Yeah. It feels like the point of maximum sensible opportunity or sensible risk where you're going, okay, this player clearly is putting himself in the mm. right position to score goals, taking shots or whatever, but haven't yet. If you can combine that with good fixtures like Wolves, that feels like the perfect combination of how to gain rank on you know the people around you, right? Yeah. Also, yeah. by the way, just very quickly on Semedo, the people he, he I know I'm going to talk about him a bit later as well, but uh, the fact that he got six points and non-owners counted themselves lucky, he only got six points. Yeah, and people that owned him only got six well, points and were disappointed you, they didn't. Like you say I, that, it just says it all for me. You say that in my head, everyone's looking at my Connor Cody and they're going, "Oh, you lucky son." Because yeah. Connor Cody, he was he was on for bonus towards the end, and he just dipped out of it. But he was getting on for eight points himself. Um, Did you go Cody just for? I know you couldn't afford Tomato, but just for the security of him playing. Oh, it's just security. I wanted four point five. 
I really, yeah, SAR or Cody, really. I just wanted that security. And, at least, you know, I, I might. I'm, I'm not averse to doubling up on their defence at all. Um, and uh, But, yeah, I didn't want to double up on their attack just yet. But, yeah, yeah, I, I, I like them all. There's so many good options there. And there's such good value. Um, and as Andy was saying as well, they're, they're, they're just really good <laughs> to watch. I don't feel with Wolves, oh, they've got a bit of a problem. I, I feel that they're a team on the ascendancy, both form and fixtures. And, and I think that bore out as well. There's um, one of the Wolves correspondents for, their, for the local paper I follow during the um, matches. And he was ecstatic that they scored. I think it was, was the first one an own goal. But um, yeah. uh, yeah. it just ecstatic they had a goal and he was just couldn't believe it. And because Wolves fans are starting to see, as a Brighton fan, the XG. <laughs> They're starting to look at the XG and going, why aren't you scoring all the stats saying you should? Um, but now now I think they are delivering on it. I don't, not saying which one's going to get it, but I think there are points across the Wolves team. Um, and I think it's a good time to invest. So it's a good time to look there. Um uh, I've got another table of yours. It says Seb over. So these are the oh, over, no. overachievers. Oh, oh, no. Seb over. So I'm hope I'm hopefully thinking that Damari Gray's not in there because I haven't got uh-huh. him. And surely he's going to be one of these Aaron Ramses, isn't he? He's just going to do it every week. <laughs> so but, um, Gray isn't on this list. Oh, uh, so he's not overachieving then. He's he. So this is the top ten. Yeah. He was like twelfth. Oh. So, um, I mean, Decore is much higher on here. So I actually kind of prefer Decore, though, because I feel like the way he's playing in that second half last night when he moved into a much more advanced position, that if he keeps playing that position, it feels more sustainable to me. But realistically, both of them, I think Gray's had three shots on target mm. and three goals. So realistically, both of them are currently overperforming. Right. But that's fine. That's in the bank. Yeah. What you want to see going forward is an improvement in those stats to try and keep up the returns. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, yeah, Popper's top. He's overperforming in terms of expected goal involvement. I thought Ronaldo was going to... Do you think Ronaldo could help him improve? You know, more goals, more assists? Potentially, I guess. I mean, Andy can speak more to Man United than I can. But Pogba, this isn't really down to Pogba. It's down to the players finishing his chances that he's creating. You know, we saw Fernandez get a hat-trick in the first week. We've seen Greenwood convert a couple of unlikely chances. I think half of those were created by Pogba. Ah. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I've... I actually do feel like Pop was going under the radar a little bit. Oh. I, he's he's every season. I wonder whether somebody is going to break that uh, Thierry Henry assist record. And Pop has got seven assists already. Mm, Just saying, yeah. he's he's doing very well. Doing very it would well. be fair to say we probably need him to play on the left, not centre mid. Yeah, for him got to continue three of them to be leads to me. I I think okay. for, <laughs> I, I can yeah. see myself getting him in, not yet, but for that really long run that Manchester United have because he's the kind of player that you want in every week a, a bit like say a Mason Mount in that it's going to just steadily get the odd goal assists always play he's going to play somewhere left you know on the wing or in central midfield but there's such it just seems a security of him at the moment and by by game is it game week 14 um, yeah. I can see if I'm if I'm without Greenwood then still Pogba might be my choice over Greenwood. When we get to game week 14, Andy, what do you think yep. the United side will look like? Because I know Sancho's maybe under, underwhelmed a little so far. Mm-hmm. But like I say, I'd want Pogba on the left or a change of formation for him to really be an option what's, for me. What's the actual date of game week 14? I will have a quick check for you, my friend. Only because I'm wondering when Rashford's back as well. Ah, okay, cool. So um, game week 14 is the 30th of November. 
Yeah, so it might be a little bit early for Rashford. Um, I mean, the back five will stay pretty much the same, apart from De Gea. Henderson might be back in by then, although De Gea's probably earned himself to stay there for a little bit. Um, I mean, that, that front foot, it's going to be Ronaldo up top still. Sancho will still be playing because of the money we spent on him. And he hasn't thrilled us yet, Sancho. He's been he's been quite quiet in games at the moment. There's um, been some nice moments. I mean, maybe I'm just looking for it because I like him. But there's been some yeah. moments where I've thought there's a quality player there, but he doesn't really do more than that at the moment. Yeah, it's th- I, been strange so far. I don't know whether it's because we signed him thinking, you know, and he was thinking, well, I'm the big signing this year. And obviously that's kind of gone very, very quickly. But um, yeah, obviously he'll be playing. Pogba will be playing. Bruno will be playing. Uh, and it's that left wing, really. It's it, If Rashford doesn't come back earlier, then Greenwood will still be there, I think, because he loves Greenwood. And if Greenwood's in good form, that was still there as well. Uh, and then it'll be, what, one of McTominay, Fred, Matic uh, there. So, I mean, it's not going to look very dissimilar to what we're doing now. It's Rashford's the big one. When Rashford comes back in, I think that's when Greenwood, you, you can't really have him anymore, personally. Uh, and then I, I agree with, with Joe. I, th- I think Pogba could be a very good mm-hmm. shout because you can't, you can't own Bruno, you know, not, not with Ronaldo. And if people are going for Lukaku as well, um, and Salah and Trent. So I think Pogba could start featuring in a lot more teams then. 7.7 million for a team that on that good run could score a lot of goals. And Ronaldo's going to be scoring goals during that run as well. And someone's got to supply him, haven't they? So... Yeah, I, I'm looking at it and thinking, I think by that time, if Rashford's kind of might be coming back in, then Pogba might be the way to go. I've, I've had Pogba in my side um, infrequently as a fantasy manager, but there's a couple of times I had him in and he was a, a superb asset, double digits calls every week, mm. massively under the radar because people just think, oh, it's Pogba. For some reason, people listen to Graham Sooners or whatever. Um, and he was just an amazing asset. Um, yeah, and and then it'll go off the boil a little bit, usually through injury or some kind of suspension, um, and then we'll um, and then you know move on. But yeah, I've always enjoyed having Pogba on the side. Um, he's a player I he, do like. It was the season he was on pens as well, wasn't it? Mm. There was a Boxing Day when uh, I think yeah. I, I had about 120 points one Boxing Day because yeah. him Hazard got two yeah. as well. And um, Pyatt, was it Pyatt, I think? Yeah. It was somewhere like that in the middle. Uh, yeah, and everybody seemed to be getting points. But Pogba was such a good asset that year. Yeah, he's definitely. So um, Antonio and Ben Rama are on this list. So Antonio, um, I don't know whether it's, it's a bias um, because he just looks so good. <laughs> but Ben Rama, I think, could be a slight worry. I did think, we, I mean, I got rid of Ben Rama on my wild card after owning him briefly. And I did wonder whether he was sustainable in that in that West Ham squad because there are other options like Bowen for example and Fornells I just wondered and Bowen appears on the underperformers interestingly yes well, so like they're kind of switched roles there yes so I did I, I did wonder so I do think Ben Rama could be surplus to requirements um, I've sort of cashed him in after a price rise and this could be a chance if people want to get some yeah. money um, there definitely... I think the interesting thing with Antonio and Ben Rama is they both do appear here as overperformers yeah. Antonio's actual XGI there, I think, is 3.77, whereas Ben Rama's is 1.5. Yeah. One of those, even though they're overperforming, in theory, still has some pretty decent underlying yeah. numbers. It's a bit like the old Lingard last yeah, year, yeah. where he was overperforming massively. But during that period, still had solid enough stats to two yeah. return points. Okay, so let's move on to have a look at some fixtures. Um, 
and this this highlights some of the some of the players that we've been talking about there. I just wanted to mention actually I think we we fully answered this question about Traore really is he is he due a goal? FPL Governor was amongst a number of people who asked the question about Traore. Um, if you've got him, keep him and have a look. But I think I I personally have got a sort of a four week window, three to four week window with him. That if he if he if he just is not getting the stats he's just simply running with his big oily arms up and down the pitch just doing nothing else then I'll probably move him on but at the moment I'm quite happy to have him so he's a hold um, and possibly a buy if you uh, feel feel that way um, to, to get him in there but anyway Wolves second uh, got Brentford Southampton Newcastle and Villa great fixtures Norwich are top with Watford Everton Burnley and Brighton if you are ever to join the Pookie party as a Calvert-Lewin replacement or an Antonio replacement if you wanted to. Um, this is the time. This is the Pookie party time. Um, Leeds, um, the third. Newcastle, West Ham, Watford and Southampton. Then Arsenal as well. Um, Burnley, Tottenham, Brighton and Crystal Palace. These are good fixtures. Liverpool, still quite good. They, although they do have City in game week seven, which would be handy for those wanting to switch to Chelsea assets. But, you know, the Crystal Palace... Brentford and Watford around that. So really great fixtures. Newcastle, good fixtures, but they're just the team to target at the moment, whipping boys. And then right down the bottom, this is why everyone's getting rid of their Villa assets. Everton, Manchester United, Tottenham, and then Wolves. Um, Southampton, a mixed bag, but still, you know, second from bottom here with City and Chelsea. Wolves and Leeds. Um, and Brentford, not bad. So yeah, you asked me about Raya. So I'm quite happy to have Raya for all of this. Out of all of these, I think he's going to rack up a lot of saves. He's also going to concede a few goals against Chelsea and Liverpool. Why not, though? It could be quite a tough match for them. Um, but we shall see. But, yeah, looking at this uh, table here, does this sort of give you any thoughts about players that, that we perhaps haven't touched on so far before we talk about some differentials? Do you want to go first, Seb? Oh, I've spoken so much. Um... I can go if you want, if you want a bit of a rest. It's fine. Go for it, mate. I'd love to yeah? you've got to say. Um, I've banged the drum a little bit already. I, I genuinely think Arsenal would do an uptick. And I said that before last week yeah. as well. I like Arsenal's fixtures there. I think Burnley away. Burnley, are, they're, they're so poor defensively at the moment. Um, so I'm I'm all over that. I think if you... I feel like Pepe's a stretch too far, but someone like Saka... <coughs> sorry. Someone like Saka, Odegaard, you've got Tierney, White... Um, Again, I feel like Aubameyang might be a stretch too far oh. as well, but uh, I know a certain chess master out there has got him in uh, yes. on his wild card last week. Um, I just look at it and think, actually, you know, Spurs at home, that isn't a bad fixture. <coughs> then Brighton uh, Brighton away and then Crystal Palace at home. I'm more than happy. If I've got one Arsenal asset or two Arsenal assets, yeah. <coughs> sorry, That's um, fine. I'm going to be wanting to play him in all those fixtures. Seb might need to talk. <coughs> okay. <laughs> Um, well, Andy mentioned Arsenal there. Um, oh, dude, you okay? Uh, yeah, I'm all right. I'm right. I'm doing all right. <laughs> uh, um, so Andy mentioned Arsenal, there and I, I agree with him. Um, that's probably who I would have picked out. Again, we were speaking earlier about you know maybe how I like to play with identifying those underperformers who have some good fixtures. Arsenal are appearing on those lists too. Um, Saka, who Andy's got in his team, I think is a smart pick. They had Norwich, so they've got some very kind stats from that. But I think Saka was pretty unlucky not to get a return. Mm. In fact, if Pepe hadn't hit the post and then it had fell oddly to Aubameyang or whatever, I think that was a Saka assist. We know their defence is decent as well. The whole Burnley thing is funny, isn't it? Because Burnley feel like the Monday night football team that everyone would go on about beating Arsenal. 
But Arsenal had a good defence last mm. year. They've been taken apart so far this year. But in theory, Arsenal do have a good defence against the weaker teams. It's just whether your you know, your favourite Joe Chris Wood mm. matches himself up against Ben White. Yeah, I mean, there's, but, a, there was a, there's a clear foot and a half difference in height, isn't there? <laughs> quite possibly, quite possibly. <laughs> um, but in terms of other teams on here, you mentioned Aston Villa being being bottom at the moment. And we saw their good run at the beginning of the season come to an end. Maybe their mm. attack not deliver how we'd like. There is an opportunity here, especially with Watkins back, to watch how they do over these fixtures and keep them in mind for the future. And as someone who's, you know, champing mid-priced forwards at the moment, I really, really liked what I saw from Watkins. And mm. when the fixtures turn, which they will eventually, I'd be tempted for him over Ings if we ever want to yeah. go back to Villa. I, I might even say that if they're both fit enough, Watkins could outscore Ings this season. I think he's got more about him in terms of providing goals and assists. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just want to highlight in the chat, there's uh, over 700 of you uh, joined us. Thank you so much. Um, Captain Jack, Matt Hanley, Niraj, uh, Marco Leary, still here. Thanks, Mark. Um, uh, but only 113 likes. Does that mean 600 of you don't like us or 600 of you haven't been bothered to press like? So if you do like us, do press like. And if you haven't, then just continue. I don't know. Don't press dislike or anything. <laughs> uh, now that I'm not dying, by the way, uh, just very quickly, someone to just just nip on your watch list really quickly as well. Is that Tomoyasu that's just signed for Arsenal? Yeah, he looked okay, and yeah. he's I think is he four point five. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's just worth having on the watch list and seeing if he starts the next couple yeah. of games or at least the next game because he could be somebody as a cheap enabler to get in. Obviously, Ben White is cheaper than that still, but just having a quick look, I, I think it could be worth yeah. keeping an eye on. Also, he was very, very good at Bologna. He'll play right back for them, but can play yeah. centre back. I think because he's good on either foot, if I remember. I think he could play left back. That's unlikely, mm. but I'd feel good about him pretty much always being in that team. Also, yeah. and don't laugh, keep an eye on Ramsdale. And if he's starting yeah. four point five Arsenal, and they've got good fixtures and their their defence is sort of back, and they've got the fixtures, um, could be an option there. If, if I was wildcarding, I'd have to consider Ramsdale. But my mm. worry is that he's gonna lose minutes oh. to Leno. I don't think mm. that switch has happened full no. time. No, I think I think we saw a lot of rotation last time last time because of international minutes, and it was referenced by a number of managers. I'm not necessarily saying for Leno's sake but there was definitely that break had definitely influenced managers game time and team selection Norwich in particular I think they mentioned that Gilmore played for Scotland um, Christensen who, who I had in my team was still, still got in my team um, um, but they specifically said he didn't play him because he, he played every minute for Denmark all three games for Denmark during the international break and with the Champions League in mind so he's in the he's play, played tonight we're, we're recording on, on Tuesday um, so he's um, uh, Christensen's there so you know it remains to be seen where they will start again at the weekend but that was a factor there and so I think we're seeing that in a lot and particularly with Norwich as well um, and it could have been a factor with uh, some of the Arsenal players as well um, yeah so we've got we picked some differentials um, both me and Seb have gone for an Arsenal player um, and Andy has a Wolves player so since we're talking about Arsenal, Seb, who, who is your Arsenal player that you think is a good differential for people to consider? So I've picked the player that Andy said you wouldn't consider a moment ago. So, so yeah. thanks. thanks. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. It's weird. I've um, seen those. I've seen the notes as well. I don't know why I would do yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I went, I mean, realistically, I'd, I'd love a sacker or something like that, but he's a little out of our range in terms of the percentage. So Nicola Pepe is 1.5% owned. And at 7.2 million, we'll probably be 7.1 by the time you uh, mm. get around to listening to this. 
But what I like about him is that when Arsenal have these easy, easy fixtures and when he's fit, he does pretty much seem to get the starts and get the minutes. He gets the minutes. He puts up stats. We've seen it in the past. His... Oh. His shots are very, very... have easy fixtures at the moment, which is Burnley away, Tottenham at home, London derby. But we've seen Tottenham's defence maybe isn't all that, despite the clean sheets. Then Brighton away and Crystal Palace at home in the four we're looking at here. In the last match, he created six chances, one of which was big. I'm guessing that's Aubameyang's one. Uh, and he had three shots on target, three off, hit the woodwork twice and missed a big chance. The one thing to say about that is he may have had a couple of those, you know, when he took that shot, hit the post, got it back, sort of fumbled it across to Aubameyang. So maybe a bit of doubling up on stats there. But I like what I see for the next few. And if you were looking for an alternative to your, your Jotas, your Torres, if you don't trust him, if he plays for Man City or doesn't play for Man City, in that kind of mid-price midfielders, I think there's a good short-term opportunity there, which you could then maybe wildcard out of mm. to get, say, a Mason Mount. Yeah, no, I do think he's a good placeholder for, for those Chelsea assets. And my my one is as well. So um, I've, I've gone for a Bamiang, um, partly with this uh, Burnley fixture in mind, because of Burnley's... Um, <laughs> Sorry, and Andy's face. ...defence. Uh, also, he's got Tottenham, good derby. Um, and then he's got Brighton and Crystal Palace. I think these are all good fixtures for a Bamiang. I think if you are looking to shift money into attack to prepare for getting Lukaku and Ronaldo, perhaps, Aubameyang is the one. Now, the reason Andy is laughing is because his first differential pick was Mane, and I told him not to because I didn't think anyone would go for Mane. Because Joe I... vetoed it, listeners. Joe is the brutal, brutal leader. I... Can I'm not bitter at all. We had it on the... Ca- we had it on <laughs> Stole the ca- Jimenez from me last week. I, I, can't I, have, can't I had it backed up by Tom. It's his world, but we're just living it, aren't we? <laughs> I was I was on the Captain C video today, and I, I mentioned this on on the show with with Tom, because uh, we were we were saying Mane a good captaincy shout, but who who is going to get Mane? So most people have Salah, so you're not going to move Salah out for Mane. Most people want Lukaku or Ronaldo or own them, so they're not going to double up on Mane and Salah. So I just wondered who who would get them. Whereas, Have we moved on from talking about your pick to just slating Andy's before he's even no, no, had a chance? No, but, but Andy's quite correct to have picked him because Mane is a really great option if we live in a fantasy world with a free hit team. Um, we do live in a fantasy world, by the way, and fantasy football, but if in a free hit team. Um, and I can't see how anyone would have Mane in it, even though he does look great and he's got brilliant stats. Whereas Aubameyang, this is where I'm going to try and justify Aubameyang. God. Um, Aubameyang we'll let, we'll let is moving money or keeping money into attack, which is where you want it if you want Lukaku or Ronaldo from game week seven or eight onwards, or indeed don't own them but want one of them. Aubameyang has been picked by world chess champ Magnus Carlsen in his wildcard last week and delivered for him. He knows something and he often does well in this game as well as chess. So you did pick him instead of Ronaldo. Though, yes, I, I do. I do think Arsenal are um, a team to target, as you've both already said. And I do think if you're looking to move money up and take advantage of that Calvert Lewin situation, if you've got a spare bit and you can move it, or you've got two free transfers, or you fancy taking a hit, you can move money into that attack already for getting getting that kitty up in in the striker positions for. Lukaku at a later date but Aubameyang I think he could get an immediate return there so um, yeah <laughs> Andy who is your differential who's not Mane 
Uh, yeah, no, it's not. It's not Mane. Uh, <laughs> no, I've gone for um, somebody I've already spoken about a lot tonight. Anyway, is Semedo. Um, yeah. I genuinely, he's probably one of the only players that I'm a little bit. I'm a, a little bit sad I didn't get on my wild card. I just didn't want to have that many Wolves players in my wild card. But Semedo to me looks like probably one of the best options yeah. at Wolves at the moment. He's getting forward so much. He's getting one-on-one chances. He's in the box repeatedly in games. If you can get a, a defender that's that's getting those opportunities, you know returns are going to come. Like He's not a player that is getting to the byline and crossing balls in. He is literally in the box and in, in the six-yard box and, and repeatedly getting chances. So I think for someone like that, you've, you've got it. That would be good if the fixtures weren't so nice anyway, but the fixtures are lovely moving forward. So I feel like he's somebody where if you're on a wild card or if you don't have many uh, transfers that are immediate, you know, I need to fix this. I think Semedo could be a great yeah. person to go on to. I think I, I didn't even look earlier. He's under 3%, which yeah, two, shocked two, me. I, did, I didn't even, oh, nice. I didn't even bother looking. And like you say as well, his stats are good, but he appears in the box when he doesn't get the ball as well. So if yeah. you're looking at heat maps or watching match of the day or watching the matches, he's even better than the underlying numbers suggest, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think there's lots of people who haven't wild. A lot of wildcarders have got some wolves coverage yeah. from wildcarders last week. Wildcarders now, and just those who are not wildcarding now, just making transfers, they've got their eye on exactly this type of player, Semedo, and I think they are eyeing up a wolves defender. Um, I'm not going to try and sell Connor Cody. I've gone there for safety, but Semedo and Marcel um, are, are great options there. I see. Uh, just very quickly, I, I much prefer Semedo over Marcel as well. I yeah. still think Marcel is not 100% nailed. I feel like um, eight Norris in the background there waiting yeah. to play every now and again, whereas I think Semedo is just, he's playing every game. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just wanted to mention, uh, I've, I've, I forgot to mention one of my key and Babiang stats. He's got a shot on target every 59 minutes and Lukaku has a shot on target every 54 minutes. Uh, he's only so two... badly wants Semedo to outscore Aubameyang. He's, he's two point one percent owned. <laughs> he's much more pricey. So what uh, for Aubameyang to justify his place? He's got to he's got to um, score double Semedo. So twelve points. Did you say in the captain video earlier? Would you consider giving him the armband this week? Semedo. Oh no, sorry, Aubameyang. Aubameyang yes, yes. <laughs> and in fact, he was our differential maverick captaincy pick last week, and he delivered. Oh, nice. um, so uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think he's. I think it's an absolutely great fixture. Um, I also think Chris Wood will score in that fixture as well. So um, hey, Andy, did you know Joe brought Chris Wood in once and he scored a lot? He's, yeah. No, he. I don't yeah. think he's mentioned him yet. Actually, I've got. No, he mentions Wood a lot before the stream. Yeah. <laughs> so let's move on <laughs> to Alex's team that we are mismanaging, managing. So, yeah, this is a, a veteran manager who um, is not managing his team this year because he's been told on medical advice uh, for mental health reasons to steer clear of fantasy football. So he's taken a break from it, but he'd already put his team up. And he didn't want to ruin it. Um, he didn't want to just sort of chuck it away. He wants to try and maintain a strong finish. He came in the top 100 last season. So and he's had a, a multiple top finishes over that time as well. So we we're going to try and sort of steady the ship a bit. Um so the week before, you neglected to do any transfers. Um, uh, whoa, 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 whoa! We deliberately kept Wendy for his yeah. ball. Yeah, no, exactly. and you did. You did well from it. I was going to say this week we did <laughs> do something, and it hasn't quite worked out. But nevertheless, it hasn't been that bad. So, and it's not really our fault. <laughs> it's blooming DCL. So we, what we did is we got Calvert Lewin, 
and Traore in for Buendia and Ings. So we, we sort of move with the fixtures a bit. Calvert-Lewin and Everton, great fixtures. Calvert-Lewin happened to be injured. <sighs> Antonio, like many people, got got the minus one. So we ended up with 60 points there. It was two free hits. So, you know, no hits for this. Um, a small drop to 450k. I think he was about 380 or something before, 370. Um, so it's been okay. Um, so I'll put put in the notes. The, the obvious move there looks to be Calvert-Lewin out for uh, Bamford and then move to yep. a 442. That seems reasonable, do you think? Yeah, I mean, oh, fuck you, Andy. I'd just like to say I advocated wildcard last week, didn't I? I was yeah. the one that said we, we should have wildcard. T- I'm a... even looking at that team now thinking that that could be wildcard. I'll tell you what, we'd be t- we'd be around 20 points better off if we'd a wildcard. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I do think, though, if if we are going to wildcard soon, we should now wait for the better opportunity. Mm. Yeah, um, yes. I'm yeah. happy to be outvoted, yeah. no, but no, there's I'd probably agree. a better shift to come in. I, yeah, think, is, yeah. I think game week seven is is the time to move for this one. It's it's the most sensible time um, there because there is that shift between Manchester United um, and Chelsea. And we've got Fernandes there. So I, I think it's not actually unreasonable. We spoke about Ronaldo and Lukaku earlier, but if you are sitting there with Fernandes and you haven't got Ronaldo or Lukaku, I don't think that's a problem because Fernandes um, is still looking good, I think. <laughs> and he, And I don't, think he's gonna he's not quite the talisman but perhaps he could be we don't know yet early days but um, yeah, i think we discussed this last week i yeah. think long term ronaldo definitely outscores fernandez but in the short term yeah. i think it's it's okay just i mean as someone who has also made that move and got fernandez and not ronaldo mm. i'm what eight or so points yeah. down on it so you know it's not great but you can maybe just about survive it yeah so game game week seven i think we've got a tough choice there we might go for a wild card maybe with Lukaku and Ronaldo, maybe just one of them with Lukaku. So we'll we'll have that decision to make. But luckily, I think a lot of people will be wildcarding then. So it'll be quite interesting for people. Um, we'll have a wildcard team um, going on the scoutcast then when a lot of people are wildcarding. But for now, I think um, hopefully Alex's team will be in safe hands with Bamford and a 4-4-2, hopefully. Um, so um, let's move on to our own teams. Um, so I've got my one up here. It's a bit flaggy. <laughs> it's a bit flaggy. Um, Antonio's there. Um, Livermento's got City, so he's very benchable. Sissoko, captain two points, first sub. Um, I've got Raya in goal. I'm rocking a 4-4-2. Christensen, Alexander-Arnold, Cody and Williams. Uh, Williams' only good fixture of the season, so I love that. Um, Crystal, um, Crystal Palace rock up to Anfield, so Salah is my captain. And on the Capsi video, if you want to see my reasoning behind that in a bit more detail, have a look at that. And uh, Tom gives his views about Salah. But we do make note that the Palace defence is actually quite good. So um, we don't think he's 100% the best option, just quite the best option. Ronaldo is my vice-captain. I've got Greenwood, Jota, uh, Traore. And I've got Calvert-Lewin in there for now, but Calvert-Lewin will become Bamford. If not, he could become Chris Wood or Pookie. Um, or I might be faced to do something creative, but those long-term viewers of the Scoutcast will know I'm not that creative, so I probably won't do that. But the likes of Aubameyang, Vardy, etc., are interesting alternatives if you can free up a bit of money elsewhere. Are, are you happy with Christensen? I mean, I mean that is a genuine question. Yeah. Uh, obviously, okay. didn't play at the weekend, which we know can happen, and I believe he did start tonight. 
going forward, you maybe want four out of five yeah, matches from him. He, Do you think you can get that? Yeah, yeah. He, he specifically said um, that it was because of the minutes he got at Denmark, and you know, with oh, okay. further fixtures in mind. And so, yeah, I mean, he could indeed be benched again this weekend. He could be like a champion. He could be the Champions League guy for a little while. But I don't have a particular long-term problem. This week is is. I don't know, a peculiar week because Antonio's out. But from game week six, Antonio's going to be back for me. I can go back to a 3-4-3. I'll have, uh, Livermento will have a better fixture um, than City. Um, um, so I've, I've, I'll have a stronger bench and I won't mind. And to be honest, Christensen got me six points because Livermento came in for him. So he's not... As long as I've got a bench and they're playing... Um, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. This week it could be an issue, but I've got Super Sissoko to come in for his two points there. Um, Andy, let's have a look at your team. Um, yes. Who have you got? Who are you captaining? And what's yeah? So you got wow. You you made as work for this one. Got a four five one. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, four five one. Got? Yeah. So most probably going to be benching Antonio and rolling the free transfer uh, because do you know what? I look at it and I could probably go Antonio to Bamford, but. I feel like I feel like rolling the transfer and having that free transfer the week after mm. is quite a good way of going. I will most probably then, if I do that, only use one transfer the week after and then save two for game week seven. I feel like yeah. that's probably a good way going forward. Yeah. Um, Williams, like you said, I actually feel quite good about Williams. Yeah. I feel like he could do all right against yeah. Watford. Watford at home. I don't think that's a bad shout. So for anybody that's listening in the um, on the pod, got Sat in goal, Alexander Arnold, Rudiger, Shaw, and Williams, which I think is absolutely fine. Uh, Salah captain. I know Joe's just mentioned about Crystal Palace at home there. I'm, tr- I'm trying my hardest this year to think about how good attacks are rather than how good opposition defences are. So mm. I am. I, I feel like he's the standout captaincy yes. out of everybody there. The only other player I would maybe go for is Torres, Southampton at home. I feel like that could be quite a nice oh. nice little player to go with there. Um, so yeah, Salah, Torres, Traore, Jota and Saka. Um, again, I feel good about Saka as yeah. well. I feel like he could get something against Burnley away. And then Ronaldo, I, I think... The week after a wild card, you want your team to be looking good. Apart from the fact Antonio's out, but he had Man United, mm. uh, Man United anyway. I, I feel quite happy about that, yeah. that team. I feel like that can be rolled, yeah. and I think that's fairly good. I feel like having two free transfers next week uh, with that team looking quite good there, as long as there's no injuries from um, uh, Champions League games yeah. or anything. Yeah, feel yeah. I think if I've... you can hold your two free transfers until like that seven or eight shift, I know you've already got one Chelsea player. I plan. think you come out of this looking really yeah. good. Yeah, I'm, I'm really. I, I was really hoping to save a transfer this week, but it was the the Calvert Lewin injury just tipped yeah. me over to needing to do a transfer. So I'm hopefully game week six nothing. Hopefully, and then game week seven I can either do two or, or three with a hit. Um, as as well, you're thinking as well. You know, two two transfers for game week seven. But yeah, as, as you said, we should be that way with a with a wild card. So um, Seb, let's have a look at you. Your your side there. Um, you 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 got a four four two, um, yep. and uh, who who are you captaining? And you know what decisions are you facing? Which players? Are you so um, I have. I'll go through the team real quick. I have Sanchez, Alexander Arnold, Shaw, Dean, and Williams, as uh, as everyone else seems to. Salah captain for me. Fairly easy decision that one. Fernandez vice Ben Rama and Rafina, and then Jimenez up front. And we've got Bamford here for this trip illustrative purposes yeah. it's the move i'll make but i haven't just yet right, okay. and then you know the bench of uh steel brown livermento and antonio uh band so i think if all is well i'll make that bamford move that'll be my one free transfer i'm happy with the 4-4-2 with williams playing as yeah. andy said you know if there's any match to play him in this is the one so very happy with that 
And actually, if I wanna if I wanna properly cope here and uh, pretend I'm not too far behind you two, I brought Williams in was it with Jimenez last week, obviously for a minus four. I would have had to take that minus four this week anyway if I had Antonio and DCL out and I wanted to, say, fix that for, say, a Bamford yeah. and fix the Antonio issue. So I feel like if I'm really, really stretching, which I'm fully aware I am, that maybe that's been justified. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, I mean, as you said, it's, I mean, yeah, Williams might end up with just one or two points, but this is this is his moment. <laughs> It'll be funny if he is benched, but I don't think he will be. I'm not sure he's got anyone standing in his way at the there moment there is a place on various podcasters walls around the country if he scores a goal yeah there and will be a place you... on you know andy as there's there's a slot right there yeah. we'll be putting martin mccutcheon on in the background yeah this is my moment yeah. over and over again definitely <laughs> it'll be um yeah it'll be it it will be john lundstrom style legend status for oh yes Williams there um okay uh, I think we've covered everything hopefully we've answered a lot of your questions um and we'll be back next week um for more questions to answer and um hopefully um less injuries to deal with um but um before we go just wanted to remind people about the members area loads of opta driven data that we have been using there particularly those tables as well um so and they're starting to take shape really after four uh, matches we're starting to get a little bit of information um, which is going to be key to our decisions but um it's a goodbye from me it's a goodbye from me and it's a goodbye from me goodbye all.